cars was cars. I went to that with my nephews and that was awesome. They just ran around the cinema and we tried to chase them initially and then we just gave up and sat there and let them <laughs> just race around pretending they were a car race. They were about oh, four at the time. You, it was irresponsible, no, uncle. They were, I was they trying were to sit one of those parents. One of those yeah. parents. You're, you're like guy, right. <laughs> it, was yeah. a it was a matinee, so everyone else was there with parents and they like looked at us and went, yeah, fair enough. I paid good money to go and see that and all I could see is kids running around yeah, all the time. Well, well, you yeah. shouldn't go to a kids' movie at kids' hours. <laughs> kids' times. <laughs> Did look at a bit dodgy time. being his or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Music, movie, madness! All right. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our second episode of Music, Movies, and Madness. Each episode, we review a different year and discuss the movies and music of the time. Last, like last week, we had David Martin and me, Glenn, in Wellington, and Ian, well, Ian in New Plymouth. Um, and is it sunny today in both your parts? No, it's kind of grey today, wasn't it? Rubbish. Be Pretty rubbish. Beautiful. Beautiful right. weather in Taranaki, man. Beautiful. Fantastic. So how does this um, podcast thing work? Um, think of it like an episode of Quantum Leap, where one of us brings the rest of us along to a past year to complete a mission. Last week, we started off with 1986. But this week, I thought we'd journey forward 20 years to 2006, effectively taking our 10-year-old selves to meet our 30-year-old selves, which could be a bit scary. So, lads, are we are we ready to go? Now, now you framed it that way, I feel quite unprepared, Glenn. Yeah. How do you mean? <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. I thought, oh. Yeah, well, as, as, as the host, I did have to think about it. So, yeah. That was a nice intro, man. Thanks. Yeah. Well, Thank well, you. That's well, good. Well, I put well. some time and effort into that. Not quite, as good as Martin, not quite as good as Martin's, but you get in there, bro. Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay, I think we've had enough intro from you fellas. Um, so, like last week, we're going to set the scene with a brief yeah. overview of some of the events that happened in 2006. Mm. Did you know that YouTube was one year old in 2006? Right. Mm. Yeah. I you, you, uh, yeah. So, 2005, yeah. YouTube comes out. Because I remember going around to your place around 2006 or seven, and you saying, Hey, check this out. There's this thing online and it's got all the videos you can imagine. Anything you oh. want, it's on there. And Dang I think it was about 2007. So it would have been still quite young and there's probably only about five videos in there or something. But yeah. Yeah. I can remember watching things like the trailer for Attack of the Clones. And I think it took like three hours to load. But, but I do remember watching it on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really was a time when movies still ruled supreme before sort of the binge watch of TV shows. Mm -hmm. And looking back on it, I was a bit concerned about what I would choose this week, but there were actually some significantly good films in 2006, and it was a bumper year for New Zealand films as well. Um, we mm -hmm. had number two, Perfect Creatures, Sione's Wedding, which was huge, and Out of the Blue, and that classic, which is Black Sheep. Oh, yeah. If anyone has seen a crazy splatter movie with sheep, that's brilliant. No, you haven't seen that? Well, you haven't I lived heard about it. Black no, sheep. Yeah. It's hilarious. 
Um, in other parts of the world, while we were enjoying Sione's wedding and black sheep, many places were still in the quagmire of war in the Middle East. Um, the crocodile hunter died that year. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Is that really that long ago? Yeah, yeah, it really, really was. Um, Paul McCartney and Heather Mills um, separated after four years of marriage. Oh, big. That, was, that, was a, that was a good year. Yeah. And <laughs> she, did, she did not help his career, seriously. Yeah. I don't know much about them at that time. I wouldn't have a clue. It's just another long and winding road, man. Yeah, oh, well played. However, oh, more you. importantly, I got married that year. And oh. that one has actually lasted. Oh, like, yeah. Well, so well done. For me, that was, it was a pretty stellar year, 2006, which probably was really, you know, why I went, bam, 2006, let's go. Ten-year-old self, Glenn, everything's going to work out awesome, and it did. Amazing. Did you say ten-year-old ten self? Ten-year-old, yeah, yeah, two, yeah. If you zap for 20 years. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I thought that's quite young to get married. Yeah. No, I can't. No, <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was about the main things that happened for me. It was awesome, um, but for you guys, I'd have no idea. Uh, two thousand and six. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what happened in two thousand and six. I was, blow me. Yeah, I would have been in Scotland. Um, yeah, life was pretty good from memory. Um, it was a strange one actually. I found for for music and and for movies and that. There's a lot of really good albums, but a lot of sort of slightly underground albums or not necessarily commercially successful albums mm, and movies mm. that year. You know, I think the biggest film that year was like Pirates of the, one of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. It, so it certainly this was. Just to show that how... Yeah. How, yeah. Mm. Doing my research, looking at the albums of 2006, the four biggest sellers were High School Musical, it, right wasn't re- it wasn't really me. Um, Justin Timberlake's Future Sex Love Sounds. Okay. I don't know. I can't remember that. I probably had some big hits, eh? Probably. Nelly Furtado with her album called Loose. Oh, dear me. Um, yeah. Uh, Ian, looking at you, man. No, no. Man, I don't have you know, I don't own any of those albums. No, and Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> with Stadium Arcadium. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know that one either. So yeah, you're right, Martin. Um, so the majority of people it. buying albums that year are under like sixteen, by the sounds Well, the Chili Peppers <laughs> yeah. have been around forever. Well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. the Chili's would have been. They would have been the oldies, right? The Chili's. They would have been the the old kids on the block. Out of that yeah. group, yes, they by far would have been the oldest. So for us, we'd already lost touch with what was popular at that point in 2006. Is that an honest reflection? Well, yeah, we're, we're all past it. <laughs> well, iTunes was well and truly a thing, wasn't it, by then? Uh, Didn't yes. iTunes come out in the yeah. early 2000s or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you've got the whole streaming thing and artists... Stuff, How do you guys you know, remember mate. this stuff? Oh, oh well, <laughs> that may say something about your condition. <laughs> it's decreasing, no man. <laughs> Don't tell. Yeah, maybe maybe we do a separate podcast on what Ian was doing in two thousand six. That'll be different. Oh, a different yes. Yeah, I think so. Let's try that another time. So maybe we should start talking Not about some of those. 
so some of those favorite albums of ours mm. um, they certainly mm. weren't on our list so mm. martin you hosted last week so you can go first this week with your album choice oh thanks very much um yeah so as i say like um it seemed to me that a lot of the kind of um more creatively interesting albums that came out that year um didn't actually sell a heap of records um so the one i've chosen is by um, a British artist called uh, Narina Palo, and this was her second album, and it was called Fires. Um, now she didn't have a lot of success with her first album, um, and her second one on its initial release um, also did absolutely nothing. Um, she went off to um, support, do a couple of support act uh, sessions for the likes of uh, Cheryl Crow um, and um, basically picked up a bit of interest from a, from a major label. Um, she, sorry, she'd released the album independently to start with. Um, it got picked up, um, got re-released um, and she had the most success with a song on it called Everybody's Gone to War, um, which I know sounds quite a heavy title and, and lyrically it's quite heavy as well. Um, it it's actually a, a really uplifting quite a, a cool pop hooky tune. time there was a lot of anger and bitterness towards a lot of leaders you know that quagmire in the middle east definitely wasn't a good time uh, her name what is was her name Matt? narina n-e-r-i-n-a palo p-a-l-l-o-t um i've never even heard of that yeah as i said she she didn't do um particularly well she had sort of like top hundred um a couple of top hundred singles in europe um, right. That that particular song was the highest chart position, and I got to twenty one. Um, that said, you know she's still going, and she's currently recording. I think her sixth or seventh album. Um, wow. 
And um, yeah, what I really love about this album is it's just, it's really well crafted as an album. The, the songwriting is excellent. Lyrically, it's very, very good. She wears a lot of her influences on her, on her sleeve as well. There's lots of kind of, as I mentioned, like Sheryl Crow, there's also going back sort of like an extra an extra generation things people like Paul Simon and Carol King and Joni Mitchell those influences come through on it as well mm -hmm. um, mm. she's um, classically trained as a musician uh, well, she was classically yeah. trained um, so as well as singing um, she also played uh, guitar uh, uh, lots of piano um, I think she played bass on a couple of tracks I think the actual the hit single everybody's got to war which got to like number 21 in the UK. I think she actually um, composed that on bass, believe it or not. Um, so multi, multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that after that's her. Yeah. She's, she's hot. Just had a bit of a Google. <laughs> she's, she's hot, man. Trying to check that out. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the album. That I meant to kind of <laughs> show you, you guys that. Edit that's the that album. out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't edit that out. And, um, that's a Good reason to chicken out. <laughs> it never hurts. Um, yeah, she, she went on, um, did some songwriting for other artists as well. She ended up writing a couple of tracks on one of Kylie Minogue's albums, believe it or not. Um, wow. Um, and then, um, yeah, kind of had kids and took a back seat for a while and then has come back again and, and has got back into the songwriting. And she's still very much kind of more of an album artist these days. She definitely doesn't seem to do the singles thing. Um, but um, she's still touring and successfully from by the sounds of it. She's still um, gigging lots. Um, she writes a, a quite a successful blog online as well. Um, yeah, and, I, and just like, as I say, a great artist. Um, I've heard, have you got I've, a favourite? Have you got a favourite album of hers, mate? Yeah, I think this one is my favourite. Um, as I say, it's called Fires. Um, but the follow-up one nice. as well, which is called The Graduate, was a really great album as well. It's a track called yeah. Put Your Hands Up on that, which is it's just so poppy, so catchy. And she's I'll great. She's got more. a knack for writing really good hooks. So, yeah, mm. I would recommend checking her out. I'll do that tomorrow, man. That's awesome. Mm. Yes, I probably will, actually. It's nice to hear a name that's not so well-known. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm all for, yeah. all for championing artists like that as well, you know, out, out, People mm -hmm. that maybe should have done a lot better to commercially than they got credit yeah. for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's the start of Nap well, Napster was around at that point as well, eh? And it's yeah. starting that people were starting to move towards more playlists and download your favorite song. So the sort of decline of albums, well. It became easier to get your material out there and it's continuing to get easier to get your material out there but you're getting paid less and less yeah they're promotional vehicles for the tour definitely yeah, yeah. right yeah, yeah. Tour merch. cool so who are you going to hand over to now martin oh you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna throw throw it over to david and see what he's come up with this week Probably along a similar ilk, I think, in some ways, maybe a little bit more of a profile. So, um, and this is an album, and this is a band that I didn't really, I, I certainly didn't discover in 2006. It was probably, uh, I think it was probably around 2012, 13 that I cottoned on to them. And in fact, 2006, I was, I was probably still going through my Beatles phase, I think. 
I uh, <clears throat> discovered discovered vinyl in the early 2000s and then just went nuts buying Beatles records. And I missed out on, on some good bands, and this is one of them. So this, this is The Vales, um, a band uh, led by a guy called Finn Andrews, um, who's a Brit that, by the sounds of things, grew up here in New Zealand, um, did his high school years in Auckland at, uh, where was it, um, <clears throat> one of the colleges up there in Devonport. Um, and, yes, I spent his formative years here in New Zealand, um, uh, was discovered by basically um, he sent some tapes in to some record companies when he was about 16. Uh, they said, you've got to get over here to London and uh, make a record for us. And, and he did. And I mean, his first record, I'm just trying to find it here. What was it called? I don't even know. But his the record that I'm looking at is um, called Nux, 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 Nux Vomica, which, basic, which means uh, basically poison flower or seed of an orange sort of fruit um so it's it's poisonous so yeah next vomica is the album it was released in 2006 by the veils and um mm. uh, an interesting one because i mean has anyone heard of these guys i've heard no, of them. I'm, yeah yeah i'm doing yeah, a bit of googling definitely. i'm just the googling veils. them now so he, he, yeah. he's kind of got a um a very nick cave kind of voice so it's very dark and um <laughs> borderline depressing i know last week we touched on morrissey he's kind of of that ilk where the the tunes itself the melody and the tunes are quite poppy and quite uplifting but the way he sings and even the subject matters um you know pretty borderline and can be quite depressing some stuff sometimes if you just I love that word. just drag um, it right back down That's oh it. look it's, it's, so it's, he had two, two big hits well two singles off that that album next vomica um, mm. Advice for Young Mothers to Be, which is the one that hooked me when I think I might have seen it. <laughs> cool title. Might, might have seen it on telly or something. Um, advice for Young Mothers to Be, which is basically a, a song about having babies out of wedlock. Um, some great one liners in there. Um, I think there's some a line that says, no, no man alive has got the right to judge me or something like that. I'll find it shortly, but there's some really good, really good um, lyrics. She found the world embedded in the snow. It's too bad the rest have made it all their to be a better way somehow that I don't know Wish I could find the words and heal my baby She made a crib, blankets from the floor Pain of the bluest colour on the walls I don't wanna know the time, I don't care about that at all Nobody knows the way to heaven, baby For young mothers to be We'll never find the words, darling, believe me So here it is, your heart's out in the cold The friends you can't still call you on the phone The vicar said it's wrong, but hey, what does he know? 
He said it's wrong, but that the Lord forgave me Well, I don't want his pity and your scorn Boy, why are you preaching? No one's listening anymore That life of your sickens me directly to my maternal call And the other, the other song, the other single released off that album was One Night on Earth, which is very depressing. Um, mm. Look it up if you're, if you're in the mood. But um, but you won't know because, you know, the the tune itself is very uplifting and very poppy. But so, yeah, and a legit band, you know, these, this guy, Finn Andrews, he formed the Vales with his high school friend. I don't know if she was yep. a sweetheart, but his high school friend. Um, in fact, even I think primary school. She she's the bassist. So Sophia Byrne, the bass player, they met when she was when they were twelve. Oh, yeah. How's that? How's that for having some history? Mm, that's so, um, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, it looks like they went to school together, um, played in a few bands. He went over and recorded um, his album in London, his debut album. He was in his late teens. Toured around parts of America and Japan came back to New Zealand and then basically formed his band, hooked up with his, his old primary school friend. And uh, I don't know if she'd learned to play bass by then or what the story was, but yeah, set up the veils and the rest is history. And they've had some really good success since then. Just looking at their website, it seems that they kind of are on and off in terms of it's one of those things where they do some stuff on their own, maybe oh, some join some other bands that, but oh, yeah. like that, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. I, I, check it out. I, I think I think it's worth a listen. And certainly, Nux Vomica is, um, is is probably a little bit more accessible than some of his other stuff. Um, like I said, good pop tunes in there, um, really clever lyrics, and uh, yeah, just just good good album all around. Is that mm. your favourite of the Vales? Yeah, like I, I've listened to a few of the other albums on YouTube and that, and it just yeah, definitely one of those artists that can that's got quite a range. Right, so you know, yeah. album to album, you, you don't know what you're going to get, and and take your pick. Really, it's not doesn't really fit into one. I mean, it's alternative, it's alt rock, but it's not really a particular type of you know. Whereas you can listen to someone like um, oh, who was it, the um, Franz Ferdinand, or one of those kind kind of guitar you know guitar groups or guitar jangle type groups, and, and they're all fairly similar. Yeah. Um, albums and type, song types. This, these guys are all over the place, um, which is a good thing in some ways because you know you'll find something you like. Yeah, awesome. Excellent. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, over now, I think to you, Ian. To me, um, yeah. Good. Good evening, guys and girls. <laughs> uh, so. And you always laugh whenever I start. Why do you do that? Yeah, yeah, because it was funny. We can, you're happy. We can you're happy. You. Yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm just wondering who's the girl. We don't have fun yet. <laughs> there will be people listening to this. So that's dear, this, dear listeners. It's not just Sorry. dear listeners. Thank this you. is this is an inclusive <laughs> podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we don't you, discriminate. Yeah, yeah absolutely and will, not. And I will behave myself next week. Sorry. All right. Hey, uh, this week for me, I decided to go real mainstream. So uh, I went, 2006 for me was, uh, what was I doing? I was, my boy was three years old. I was being a a dad. I was uh, working a lot of gigs. I was uh, 
living in England and eating lots of kebabs and that sort of stuff, pretty unhealthy lifestyle, but it was part of it, right? Um, so musically, it was all a little bit of a, it was a bit of a wish-washy year for me, 2006. Nothing really stuck, you know? But after doing a little bit of research and uh, seeing, seeing what was out there, what came out that year, yeah, blimey, there was actually some pretty good stuff. There was a lot. Uh, so I went for Razor Light. Yes, what a band. Um, who? Yeah, I think who? <laughs> Razor Light. Are you kidding me? Did you Razor just say Light. that you went, for a bit, you went for mainstream? Yeah. yeah they, they, they had some big hits around that time, eh? Yeah. They were definitely mainstream. What was, what, was they, big, what was their big hit? Well, they, they had a couple, but they they yeah. float they float into the uh, Franz Ferdinand sort of scene, the mm, jet, mm. the Strokes, the Hives, all that kind of indie pop. Yeah. Um, it was uh, uh, America, wasn't it? That's the one I remember. America was a big one. Uh, mm. That was the only number one, I think. Was it? They only had one number one. I'm in Well I go out somewhere Then I come home again A lot of cigarettes I can't get no sleep There's nothing on the TV Nothing on the radio That means that much to me All my life Watching America All my life is panic in America Oh 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 Trouble in America Yesterday was easy, happiness came and went I got the movie script but I don't know what it meant A lot of cigarettes, I can't get no sleep There's nothing on the TV, nothing on the radio That means that much to me there's nothing on the TV, nothing on the radio that I can believe in All my life, watching America All my life, there's panic in America Oh, 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 trouble in America But they had a whole lot of good songs, man. But uh, I've always had a soft spot for indie, poppy indie, especially Brit, mm. in, Brit indie. You know that it's got a real yeah. comforting feeling, you know. And, and uh, they're from London, so when you put the album on, it's a self-titled album, Razor Light, Razor Light. And uh, when you put that album on, first song, it's a real London. To me, it's a real Londony sound. You know, sort of South London raw indie. First song in the morning comes with the drums. I just love that sort of stuff. You know, it's just right there in your face. Boom. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and the album's actually a really good album. 
they're, they're they're pretty good band. I don't think for me they really they didn't really follow through with. They had a couple more albums, but it, yeah, I think that was the main album for me. It had uh, America uh, in the morning. And there's a bit of there's a bit of everything in there as well. There's a bit of Motown in it. They've got a song called "Hold On," which is like a Motown kind of song. So yeah, real good. Uh, America was um, a big big hit. I remember gigging over in the UK, and I used to play America. Um, you guys know this song? America, yeah. Yeah, I've just put yeah. it on. Yeah. yeah, another yeah. one. Yeah, that's the one. So that was that was a really like a, a pub classic for me. So I would end the gig with America, and the whole pub would be very drunk. Uh, on bitter, you know, bitters or whatever they drink, oh, yeah. and uh, throwing peanuts and spewing on you singing America. So he's got good quite times. a high. His, his um his voice seems quite high, isn't it? He's got quite a. He's a screamer. Up. He's a screamer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a screamer, man. He's all that. What a yeah. nice voice. Yeah. He had problems, I think, later on with his voice. I've, I've read a bit about it on Google. So, uh, yeah. but. That album, I didn't realise this, but here's an interesting thing, that that album actually got a five out of five on the Q Magazine rating. So wow. there you go. Yeah. It's, just, it's not easy to I do in Q Magazine. No. no I used Q to read that all the time, eh? So um, I've got a feeling that he may have been one of the original Libertines as well. Uh, Johnny, oh, okay. John, John Burrell, Johnny Burrell. So, Chris, yeah. Chris Thomas um, produced it. And Chris Thomas goes way, way back. He's done Pete Townsend, Paul McCartney, Pulp, The um, Pretenders, Pink Floyd, uh, Roxy Music, Elton. Wow. wow. And Big been... as well. So he's been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And and if you look at his career, man, he just mm. he just seems to pick these guys eh, and raise a lot. was another one. Yeah, and 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 he must have had an amazing year for picking those people because, yeah, like I said, from the, from the first song, from the first, you know, first drum beat in, it's right there in your face. Love it. It's what I think of as a kind of true Brit indie mm. kind of album. Yeah, you know? I think it's interesting, you know, because that decade as a whole, you know, in terms of, a lot of people kind of see that as being like the demise of rock kind of started really in that decade as well. What's actually the rise of rap and R&B, I suppose. Mm. I, think that's, I, think that, I think that's more it than yeah. anything else. Yeah. But um, yeah, there were some great bands in that area when you think about it, you know, those kind of follow on mm. bands from, from the Blur and Oasis kind of thing. They're getting into like yes. Franz Ferdinand, The Strokes, you know. Yeah. Um, I, re I really like of, the Kaiser Chiefs. Kaiser Chiefs, yeah, second album was awesome. Yeah, those yeah. those are the kind of that 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 album for me is. If you're listening to the podcast, and I think if you you get up fed up with the sort of modern kind of ah, uh, what shall I listen to now? Listen to I've listened to everything. Then just go whack that album on and crank it up, put it on about number eight, and then boom, you're back here, bish bash bosh. Loving it. Nice. <laughs> Moving on to Mr. Thurston. Good yeah. again. Hello, hello. I've chosen um, Jenny Lewis and the Watson Twins album called Rabbit Fur Coat. Um, and 
this is, I reckon, just a sublime, absolutely sublime record, eh? Totally agree. Um, and you've got you the know, CD. You're holding up the actual physical I do. CD. I've got right the there. CD. Wow. Yeah, I bought it in 2006. <laughs> Didn't know anything about Jenny Lewis. It was um, recommended to me to go and get, and can't remember who recommended it, but I'm so pleased for that person who did. Um, the style of music on it is um, sort of a mix between sort of Amer sort of kind of that Americana sort of sound, country pop rock. Yeah. It's a whole mixture of stuff with these beautiful harmonies by the Watson twins and these incredibly satirical, subversive, lyrics. cheeky lyrics, mm. um, self-deprecating, um, but quite cheeky all the way through. And for me, it's still a thrill every time I listen to it. Um, absolutely adore it. Um, Jenny Lewis um, was a child actor in hollywood at one point and then sort of she's hot and she's hot man yeah and um yeah then she formed a band with some friends called rilo currently <laughs> and um and then eventually started a solo career and this was her first solo album i believe um and I, she's released heaps of others since then and they're pretty good but for me this is by far the best um What's your what's your favourite track on there, Glenn? Um, do I have do a like. Favorite? And hard to say, David. This is really a very tough question. I have do, you danced to any of it? Yeah, yeah. Of course you can. The big guns, you can absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, Born I do. Secular. Yes, with those the drums drum at solo. the end. The drum at solo the end is that. epic. Eh? There's a, a, a beautiful cover with her friends doing "Handle with Care," which is the old Travelling Wilburys song. Been beat up and battered round Been sent up and I've been shot down You're the best thing that I've ever found Handle me with care Reputation's changeable Situation's tolerable Who's Who, there's Damien Rice on it, and I think the guy from Bright Eyes as well on there. Um, 
So that's just, just reminding me. I haven't listened to that Damien Rice that O album in so long, but man, that was a good album as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you what want, what year is that? It's called O. Um, what what year was it? Was oh jeez, must have been around about that time. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll have a look. Early two thousands. Do a bit of googleage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's gone on to do some other records, which, um, as I said, pretty good, and even has another band as well called Nice as F. Um, right. Yeah. I think we're, we're, aren't we rated on this so we can't say I, it all? Yeah. Or are you going to bleep me? Nice as, nice as, nice no, as F. Don't say it. Don't say no, it. I didn't. And well actually, she, you know, she's quite cheeky on her. If you look at her Spotify um, profile, there's a song called Who the F is um, Jenny Lewis. And it's got all those sort of songs from <laughs> a whole range of bands. So Lady has got some, um, yeah, pretty funny I, um, and, and style A. Eh? So, yeah, that's my choice. I love it to bits. I, I got the, uh, she's just put out the, she's just put that out on vinyl, Gatefold, and I bought that the other day. Which one? Fever, Rabbit Fur Coat. coat. Oh, it's just really? been released. So, oh, yeah. And there's a copy. If you're interested, there's a copy um, in Slow Boat at the moment uh, the other weekend, but the gatefold, and there's a nice booklet inside, a big, you know, album size. Mm -hmm. And it's got, um, it's obviously got photos from um, a gig they were playing, and she's in a, what looks like a changing room, a dressing room, um, with explicit <laughs> tagging all over the walls. Uh, it's brilliant. It's just like, mm. and she's there with the Watson twins, and they're posing and stuff. Um, for shots in there, and it looks like they're just getting ready for for the gig. Um, uh, brilliant use of, you know, in terms of cover art, you know, and, and, and sort of album album stuff and that. Uh, really good to see that in there. I don't know if it's in the CD. I can't remember. No, it's not. A lot of the photos are actually of um, either pictures of her um, and um, also sort of getting ready for some sort of family event, which is quite right. entertaining. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's a who's who of um, players. It really is. So. It's interesting. Yeah. It's not an album that I kind of remember, but I do actually remember that cover, the album cover, like yeah. from somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I've ever heard it, but I'll have to check I it out. Look, I think you might like it, eh? Um, yeah. I, I think yeah, that that whole cheekiness and the lyrics and they're really mm -hmm. on point. Um, and um, her other band, um, what's it? Nice as F, um, is actually very funny. Um, that's all of. Uh, girlfriends in a band, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, mm. yeah, well worth a peek. I, I had that because um, you introduced me to her in about two thousand eight, I think, mm -hmm. just before I went to Perth, Australia, to live, and I had that on my iPod or wherever it was on repeat for pretty much all of two thousand nine. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it so much. It's like Lord's Lord's first album, Lord's first album, pure. Pure heroine or heroine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I had that in 2013 when I went to Tibet. I had that on repeat the whole time. This is when you get when you get find a good album, stick with it. There's nothing like you just wow. you stick with it. What, for a just whole year? Ah, uh, for that one year, that was that was <laughs> some album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that's pretty high it's, praise. It's yeah, getting your money's worth. Just, that's what it's about, right? I might What's have had something to do with that. I lost, I lost the court on how to transfer files onto my iPod. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day well, when there was I, no well, I won't be getting it. I won't be getting it on vinyl. So I generally have a rule. If I own the CD, I don't tend to buy, buy the vinyl. There's an easy way around it, Glenn. You give the CD away. 
you're going to buy me one. I was thinking that, David, you could give me one. But anyway, that's cool, man. I introduced it to you. <laughs> Just remember that bit. <laughs> yeah, you love that album so much. You want to repay me the thing. Yeah. You must be you sick of it by it. now anyway. You've listened to it for a whole year. Yeah, so yeah, like... whole year. <laughs> Jesus. I've, I've worn the record out. <laughs> In one week. Oh, awesome. Um, well, it's almost like we're getting to the flip side here. Um, running out of time before the Zoom meeting ends and start up the next one. And then we can do the flip side. We've had side A and now it's right, getting ready for side B. Right. So maybe this might be a good cut to the next side, eh? Hey? Let's do it. Let's do All right. right. Cut across. Ian, are you following us? You look a bit lost, buddy. Are we ready to go? Side B, ready to go? Yeah, so the flip side. side. The, the B dark side. 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 Yeah. The dark side. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's into an area where I'm probably not as familiar, but it's, it's time, as we noted in our intro, that movies still reign supreme that year. Um, we had some big box office hits and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, um, Cars, X-Men, The Last Stand, and The Da Vinci Code. And mm. in New Zealand, we had, um, as I said, Sione's Wedding, which became one of the top 10 grossing New Zealand hits of all time. I'd just like to point out that of those four movies that you just said, the highest grossing movies, I would be very happy if I never saw any of those four movies ever again. Um, so, once was enough. They were not very good movies. That X Men movie was pretty bad. Yeah, that was the last. What, what one. was that? What happened in that one? Last Wasn't that oh. where Magneto went cray cray and they all had this battle of mutants versus? Wasn't that everyone? <laughs> no, that's every, every X Men movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, okay. So to remember, I think that was the one with Vinny Jones in it, where he was the juggernaut and. You know, played completely oh, against what the yeah. character should have been by playing him as a as a big burly cockney, basically. Wasn't Kelsey Grimm? Right? That's what best. he does best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I can't remember it. And Da Vinci Code is hilariously silly. Um, cars was cars. I went to that with my nephews, and that was awesome. They just ran around the cinema, and we tried to chase them initially, and then we just gave up and sat there and let them just race around, pretending they were car race. They were about oh, four at the time. You, was, no, six. Uncle. They were, I was they trying were to sit one of those yeah. parents. One of those yeah. parents. You're, you're like guy, right? <laughs> it, was yeah. a it was a matinee, so everyone else was there with parents, and they all like, looked at us and went, yeah, fair enough. I paid good money to go and see that, and all I could see is kids running around Yeah, all the time. Well, well you yeah. shouldn't go to a kid's movie at kids' hours. <laughs> kids' times. <laughs> Did look yeah, a bit dodgy being his eyes on my Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah good movie. Um, now, in saying that, you, you, Martin said that um, he hasn't, he doesn't want to see any of those again, and yet one of us has actually chosen something from that list. So I'm going to hand over to Ian to tell us why you chose one of those. Oh, I feel stink now. Thanks, Martin. No, don't good, don't feel just, stink. Martin's could, just pulled uh, out his. Martin's pulled out as like nerd and like you know. I'm, like, I'm happy for you to watch those movies as many times as you want. <laughs> You've pulled out your what? He's pulled out the sort of the snobbery, move and the movie snobbery. Oh, Put sorry. Your nerd away. Put your nerd away. I'm so glad you guys can't see this podcast. <laughs> Madness. 
Such a big nerd. (laughs) His master's put a cloth (laughs) over his nerd in the background. Uh, Oh, the English innuendos, eh? (laughs) Marvellous. Right. Why did you... Why did you... (laughs) Normal service has been received. Right. So why did you choose that movie, Ian? Oh, well, I've got to tell you, I chose that movie because... I'm uh, I'm a I'm a I've always liked pirate movies since being a boy, and uh, every time I think I think the Pirates of the Caribbean for me, or Caribbean, however you want to say it, I think they always they were they were the best ones that came out. All the other ones were just you know they were rubbish, weren't they? I mean Hook and stuff like that. Yellow beard, yellow beard, the pirate, Ian. Yeah, yellow beard. Have you is seen that? One? Yeah, my no, wife. Yeah, the pirate. That's oh, got to be on Disney Plus, isn't it? I mean, oh, yeah, no, no, it wouldn't be on Disney Plus. <laughs> it's, it, now, now, that's something that we couldn't take it's, it's really irreverent. Okay. Oh, well, oh, I might yeah. have to give that a go. Yeah, yeah I think I think you'd like. I, it's about a yeah, pirate no, who lives in. And never mind. You're right. <laughs> is it a dodgy? No. I was going to say he's from Weatherby. <laughs> Oh, cut it out. <laughs> All right. So come on back to Pirates. Pirates of the Caribbean. What have I written down here on my notes? Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I think just any, I think any movie that's got like the music by music's a big thing for me. So mm. I'm more into music than m- movies, but the music by Hans Zimmer, love Hans Zimmer. He's so, yeah. yeah, he's amazing. He's, so he's, he's he's James Bond, he? he just did James yeah. Bond recently. Yeah. He well, what? He did the latest James Bond. One thing I will oh, say about he? that, though, is that uh, um, the Pirates theme was not actually by Hans Zimmer. It's actually by Klaus Badelt, who has actually worked with Hans Zimmer at Hans Zimmer's studio. But it was actually a different composer, and he doesn't get the credit for it. So I'm giving Klaus... <laughs> The credit right wow. now. Ah, oh, nah. He's basically Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> in writing, right. at least. Any movie that's got Klaus in it and Hans Zimmer, uh, with it with a cast like Johnny Depp, uh, Kira Knightley, Bill Nye, maybe Orlando Bloom. He's a bit rubbish, but uh, yeah, I just I don't like his acting really at all. But, uh, you know, she's... It's funny how we've all got those actors that we just don't like. Yeah, For some reason, eh? Nah, he just doesn't. He's just... Bradley Cooper's like that for me, eh? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, (laughs) You jealous of him? No, not at all. Just something about him. No. (laughs) So this movie, well, it boxed office... Uh, at one billion dollars. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. a heck of a lot of treasure, isn't it? That's quite. It's some franchise, isn't it? It's just going on to make squillions that's and squillions. Huge. So the story is the uh, it's a sequel to the uh, the Black Pearl, and the story is basically Jack Sparrow uh, gets visited from Bootstrap Bill from the Fine Dutchman. And uh, he has to return to Davy Jones' locker, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, the the standout things for me in that movie were probably the music score. Love the music in it. 
it had a really good scene with the uh, with the cannibals. You remember that one when he gets tied up and they're going to cook him, and he sprinkles paprika under his armpits to make him, you know. You remember that? Vaguely. Oh, you guys. Vaguely. Wasn't that the you one with the movie? Big, eh? It was a big wheel in the jungle, and it was rolling around. Was that that one? Yeah. I think that might be that one, is it? Yeah, I is don't it? No, it's been so long. Yeah, I mean that 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 just I remember that scene. There's a voodoo lady in it. Remember the lady, the voodoo yeah. lady? Yeah, you remember her? Mm. Wasn't uh, Paul McCartney in it? In. No, no, no one, see. He's in one of them. And um Keith Richards is in another one, isn't he? Oh yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. Keith's in that one. Yes, yeah. that was well, pretty that's cool. Jack Sparrow's dad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. Yeah, Paul I, McCartney um, cameoed in one of them as well. Scarily. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. There you go. Yeah. Oh, man, but that's awesome. Dead Man's Chest is actually... Maybe uh, I will have named... to watch it again now, just to see Yeah, that. well, you might have to revisit, mate. Uh, and um, I think when you lose interest in a movie like that, just just keep your eyes on Keira Knightley. It make, it's just way easier. Yeah. You know, doesn't doesn't have to be much of a plot. Just watch you. And uh, Dead Man's That's Chest. Advice. Thank you. Dead Man's Chest is uh, the name of the uh, the small island that they visit, the Rocky Island. Yeah, for me, I, th- I just thought it was, um, what should I say? Should I say it was uh, swashbuckling fun? And I think um, that's exactly what it is. It's one of those yeah. movies that you can go do. Park the brain for an hour or two and then pick it up when you lay it. Can, yeah. I, yeah. can I chuck yeah. in a dad? Sorry, mate. Martin? I was going to say, uh, thinking back to it, the only redeeming thing for me in that was Bill Nighy as as Davy Jones. Because I thought the CGI that they used for his tentacles and stuff, because he was a squid-type yeah. guy, right, was actually yeah, that's right. pretty mind-blowing at the time. And it Amazing. actually does still stand up. I will give it credit for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those, those, kind of, those kind of effects for me, so when I say no good pirate movies I've really seen, it's a bit like Star Wars for me. Like mm. uh, when I look at pre-Star Wars, was all pretty trash, you know? They just didn't quite have it. The stories were there. There's there some classic stuff. But, yeah, when you start to see it move along, yeah, and I like special effects. I like that sort of stuff. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the pirates for me is that. Big ships, lots of waves, lots of water costumes. I think my favourite pirate yeah. movie was The Goonies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Can I stick a dad joke in there? Yeah, sure. Go for it. I love a good dad joke. How how do pirates listen to music? How do they? Well, they use the iTunes. iTunes. Oh, you guys. (laughs) We've probably just lost <laughs> all our two listeners just yeah. in. It's, it's so bad. It's, it's, it's Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Come on, loosen up. Yeah. They're, they're all right. It's almost like a Christmas cracker joke. It's awesome. Thank you. I've got lots more. So, mm. uh, move, <laughs> move, hold on. Hold on Thank you. Uh, moving on, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go to my right off my screen. Which is Mr. David Chan, DC. Oh, Hit me. Gosh. How do I follow up on that? I mean, 
Bloody hell. Well, easy by the sound yeah, of it. Easy. Nobody liked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Apart from me. Well, no one's well, probably yeah. heard of mine. In fact, in fact well, maybe Glenn has. I don't know. But so this is. I chose. Well, my my first choice was Borat, the original Borat. I did a bit of a scan on the uh, on the old YouTube as to um, just to jog the memory, and I thought, how do I talk about a movie that's anti-Semitic? Um, that plays nasty tricks on feminists. Um, does has a, has, has, a, has a very very has an R eighteen scene with another man rolling around as in a bestiality <laughs> without breaking well, that. Would, that would end our podcast career, bro. And and that, and that had much. that crime and that crime <laughs> against fashion that unfortunately we all got to witness so many times with oh, the um, Wellington Yeah, like yeah. So I. Passed on the opportunity to review Borat. Phew. Um, although the YouTube clips were quite funny. <laughs> I had the bullet there, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think David's actually doing the review right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over to you, Glenn. No, so I, I did um I did I did a, a film released in 2006 called Fearless, um, starring Jet Lee, and it's a what they call an eastern eye so it's kind of one of those cult asian films from i guess it's kind of the golden age of um high budget so it sort of started with crouching tiger hidden dragon mm. around late yeah, was, 90s yeah. early 2000s yeah. when you had um you know i think it's called wuxia wuxia in mandarin where it's basically um people flying around uh you know defying gravity walking on trees um, flying from place to place with swords and fighting each other, and they kind of took that that theme or that genre and upscaled it with big Hollywood budgets and stuff like that. And um, and so you had Crouching Tiger around two thousand, I think. You had Hero, which was um, not long after, starring Jet Lee. That was Jet And then Fearless came out in two thousand six, um, which is a bit. And, and it's interesting because Fearless is, is actually based loosely on a true story about um, where Jet Li plays a Chinese folk hero called Ho, Ho Yunja, who is who was born around the late 1800s from memory. And he was basically this boxer, Chinese boxer in the northern part of China that um, rose to prominence at a time where, you know, um, Western and Japanese imperialism uh, and Western influence were, um, you know, conspiring to put down the Chinese people. And and he basically stood up to a lot of these um, sort of Western and Japanese fighters of the time and, and beat them um, in, in, you know, um, boxing matches and that. And so, um, yeah, Huan Jia's played by Jet Li, and we all know Jet Li's pretty cool on the old Kung Fu Sort of Jet Li's a man. Jet, Jet Li's a man. man. Damn. Damn. You've got to and, fight. Um, you don't want to be Jet Li, right? Yeah, well, so, you know, he takes on boxers and he takes on wrestlers and judo people and that. And it's quite fun to watch in that. But there is mm. a so there is a story behind it. Um, and it did really well, I think. Um, it's still doing well. It's one of those cult classics um, that will never sort of, will never die off. Um, unfortunately, like a lot of these things, people see, an opportunity to make money, and so the family of Huy and Ja sued um, oh, not only the production company but also sued Jet Li personally. 
Oh, I really? That. Given he was an actor at most. You know. But sued him because um, I remember watching this when it came out thinking, yeah, they're not portraying the family, they're not portraying the, the hero in the nicest light. Um, he kind of, kind of comes across as quite arrogant and very you know, self-righteous and you know, stuck up. Um, by all accounts, he wasn't like that, um, or certainly not to the extent that he was portrayed. And so the family sued um, and, and eventually lost because well, the Chinese courts basically dismissed the case and said, you know, it was an exaggerated and fictitious portrait by and large, and it contained no defamatory or libellous um, depiction. So I think, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that it did have a chequered history. I remember when that case came out because Huyun Jia is also the, um, he's the founding father of, of the martial arts organization that I belong to called Chin Wu, and it's, a, it's in like 55 countries and that. So he's a real person that actually lived, but yeah, the movie did stretch it a little bit. Um, nevertheless, it English, did a lot. Is, it in, is it in English, David? Uh, subtitled. Subtitled. Yeah. I don't think I've seen You probably can get overdubs, but they're just not as good, right? No, 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 no. Just read the subtitle. Totally, yeah, yeah. Titles, yeah. Was it, where interest. was it filmed? What's that? Sorry, mate. Martin, what did you say? No, go ahead. Go ahead, mate. I was just asking, where, where was it filmed, do you know? Um, I think, I can't, yeah, I, I haven't got that here, but just from memory, definitely China. So, but whether they actually took it, the, a lot of it is, um, it's, it's not a, it's not what you call an expansive production. Like if you think of Crouching Tiger, if you cast your mind, if you've seen that, uh, yeah. You know, there's loca there's definitely you know set locations. Um, yeah. There's forest yeah. scenes and there's scenes and villages and stuff. This was fairly much all about the boxing matches, and so they could have probably filmed it anywhere. To be, to be frank with you, I mean, build a build a, a an old sort of um, Qing Dynasty village. Um, you know, kitted out with all the the, um, yeah, the the buildings of the time of the period. Put in a boxing rink and a big hall, and you probably got most of the set. To be honest, from from what I can remember. What was I mean? They brought in the you know they got some big Russian <laughs> Russian um, dudes to to come and play the you know play the evil the evil European fighters at the time. Um, and they had some Japanese I have seen this. wrestlers and that, and and it's ridiculous, right? The guys they bring in and they make Jet Li, you know, it's kind of they're like seven footers and Jet Li's five foot, and it just looks silly, but it is massively exaggerated on that front too. But you know, um, would you would you like to? Would you like to? This is a question for all of you guys. Would you like to try and have a little fight with Jet Li just no. to see what it was like? A little no. fight? No, I think no. I passed. Yeah, no. just a little dabbing, no. just a, no. a little no. left hook. No. No? no, not not one bit. Eh? <laughs> no, not, not. It's never ever ever crossed my mind. Eh? I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure uh, you could take him though, can you? <laughs> yeah, I'm Taranaki hardcore, so I'd give it a little pop. <laughs> yeah. And then we would have to replace you on this show, <laughs> would because I don't you're know if you'd mates. be able to. You're I don't know if you come and help me out. I, no, yeah. no. You know what? I mean, Jet Li's Jet Li's an interesting one, though, right? Because like when you look at his career, sort of trying to break into like um, into Hollywood, you know, he kind of yeah. never quite got to where he could have been. Really, I don't think. No. I don't know if that's bad representation no. or what. But you know, I remember him in things like Lethal Weapon Four, and uh, oh, yeah. 
And all his movies um, are good. Ones I've seen. Yeah, I'm not knocking him. I think he's great. Um, mm, mm. But um, yeah, he just—he's just unlucky, I think, to in some of the casting mm. he got—he got kind of put into. Um, yeah, um, and it's interesting because you know there's a few other actors who kind of tried to cross over as well. Obviously, Jackie Chan did and did it really, really well and got very lucky with Rush Hour and the like. But I remember like Chow Yun Fat trying to cross over as well, and he did a couple like Bulletproof yeah. Monk and a few of those kind of movies oh, yeah, as well. That guy, yeah, that, was, uh, yeah, you know, uh, and I, th I guess Donnie that was off the back Donnie of yeah, yeah, yeah. They all kind of tried to cross over, and, and, and guys, relative success, but. Gently, yeah, I always felt like guys. didn't quite get his potential. Yeah, what a cool name. What a cool name, Gently. Are these guys, are these guys awesome. like proper fighters, though? Or are they just kind of like Hollywood? Are they Hollywood fighters, uh, man? So, or are they so, like yeah. the real deal? If you want, so now Gently is a wushu, um, uh, modern wushu, so he's into competition form. So he, he, he's never been in, he's never done, you know, fighting in a ring or anything like that. It's all um, aesthetic. Uh, you know, yeah. basically martial gymnastics, let's say. Whereas mm. someone like Donnie Yen, there's a brilliant video of Donnie Yen um, in a visiting a Taekwondo um, a training hall in the, I think, 80s. And, and he's basically saying to them, this is how you do a, a kick to hurt someone. And this is how you do a kick for film. And they're completely different. And he shows them. And, and the guy was probably about... 25 at the time or 30 at the most and he's got amazing flexibility right and he's just he's just hammering these kick bags like you wouldn't want to be holding the kick bag he's absolutely smashing it yeah. and then he's saying yeah but if you want to do it for the film this is how you do it and and it was it's, it's somewhere on, on youtube i remember seeing it so you know he's the real deal and in fact his mum was a um martial arts master like really good um back in the day his, his mother his um, mum yeah, yeah, yeah. Mum, imagine that. And <laughs> whereas I think people like Jackie Chan and that Jackie Chan did Chinese opera. Um, you know, Bruce Lee is probably the, the most famous who could actually look after himself and handle himself um, because he was into full contact fighting. You know, he was a, he was a rat bag when he was younger too. Used to I remember you fights. being pretty flexible when you were younger, David. Doing like splits you, and all your <laughs> kempo ninjutsu. <laughs> So Ian and I, just for the audience, Ian and I went to Kempo Karate back in the 80s. Yeah. Yes, Capitan uh, Coast. Uh, Capitan Coast. There you go. Yeah. David, David, was, David was a man. He used to make uh, nunchucks out of wood. I was a nunchuck. Many called me a nunchuck when I got man. that dart on my neck. Anyway, another story for another podcast. <laughs> uh, over to you, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I've chosen a film called Children of Men. Um, and this, yeah, pretty dark film, but pretty awesome all at the same time. Um, it is a bit of a thriller, and it was written by, um, well, the screenplay was based on a book called by P.D. James. And P.D. James wrote a lot of detective murder mystery type things, but obviously decided to write um, a display Utopian story about basically 2027 it's the last days of the human race no one's had any kids born for 16 years or something like that and basically the world's sort of gone to hell and it's pretty damn bleak and it's set in england and um 
it's the movie stars Clive Owen, Julianna Moore, and Michael Caine. So pretty decent cast and a really good director, Alfonso Cuaron. Cuaron, I think that's how you say his name. Um, and what I loved about this film was because it was quite bleak, um, but brilliantly executed in its vision and um plus it had an anti-hero and i love a good anti-hero and i thought clive owen is totally underrated as um well just underrated full stop i think he would have made a fantastic james bond back in the day and he's such a badass in this movie um and you see him as this broken down guy who then ends up having to support this young woman who actually does get pregnant um and getting her to a safe zone um while all these others are out to out to take them out um and yeah it's it's just just stunning how it sort of shows how society could sort of break down with something like that and i yeah probably got a soft spot for that type of thing um had a really good soundtrack um the last song uh, when the credits start rolling is by Jarvis Cocker from Pulp um, and it's called um, Running the World but it's you know C Running the World um, and it's really quite funny um, and tongue in cheek so I think the film doesn't take itself too seriously and ultimately it's about sort of that you know following that sort of um, hope, redemption, and faith that things can get better when things get really, really bleak. And I think that was quite a nice sort of uplifting sort of way um, that it ended. But yeah, it's um, if you haven't seen it, it's a terrific watch. God knows how you actually get to watch it. I've tried to watch it in the last week and couldn't find it um, on any of the, um, the streaming stuff. But if you can, it's it's wicked. Eh? I think it got recognised as one of the top films of the... Um, 21st century i think yeah um yeah it's it's, it's cracker i remember michael kane uh, michael kane is yeah pretty pretty awesome he doesn't do he doesn't well. do it for me man to be honest Who's that? All his, michael kane his, all his roles are the same you know don't you reckon yeah i'd say yeah, he's actually kind of playing a bit about against type in that movie because he plays a role like stoner from <laughs> as well as a, oh, a bit in a in like a greenhouse or something where he's just Oh, pretty right. smashed. I've not seen the movie. Yeah, I've not seen no. the movie. Right. I mean, the kids. Nice. Yeah, they, I just thought. Oh, and the other thing with the music connection, they go to some guy, and that it was sort of spoke ahead of its time. You know, the Battersea Power Station in in London. You yeah. know, the big tat, big factory, or the old power station with the four big um, chimney stacks on on what each. What was corner. that famous for, Glenn? Yeah, you know that go famous on. particular. Yeah, the animals. Go on, cover. say it, man. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I went to someone's apartment there, and they've been recently all been built into apartments. And outside the window is this giant inflatable pig. The guy there was rich as shit and thought, oh, well, I'm going to have a big inflatable pig just for this album cover. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is good. And it was just like, oh, man, cool Pink Floyd reference. And, um, yeah, yeah, that wasn't the <laughs> only reason why I loved the film. I make it a Floyd reference in every week, perhaps. Um, but <laughs> this one, this one, there was that big pig. Yeah. When we so, say big pig, how big? Yeah, it's pretty big. <laughs> and a giant inflatable pig outside the window and a giant power station. Yeah. It's pretty Didn't big. they make one of those for when Trump visited London? 
And that's the made of trouble. No, they no, no, they had that big baby. They had that big baby, yeah. It was that's a baby, right. yes. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a top film. Totally. Nice. Love it. If I could try and watch it again, I would. Um, so that must mean who have we got left? Martin's film. Martin's a man. Me, yeah. Yeah. Well okay. start from starting with one big franchise of Pirates of the Caribbean. We're ending on a on the daddy of all franchises, really, which is James Bond. So I've chosen uh, Casino Royale, which came out that year. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say that the Pierce Brosnan movies, as they kind of went on, sort of, well, let's just say they got a little detached from reality as the series kind of went on. So by the time that he got to his fourth movie, which was Die Another Day, well, there seems to remember him paragliding over a tsunami <laughs> at one point. Uh, it got a, and it was an invisible car, so it got a little bit far fetched. So the producers, uh, Cubby Broccoli, um, oh, sorry, Barbara Broccoli, um, and Michael G. Wilson decided that that was the time when they needed to kind of reset. So the first thing they decided to do was was recast the role, um, and. Uh, Potential candidates included um, a Kiwi. Um, Carl Urban was was up for it, um, but was unable to make the screen test due to filming commitments. Um, Henry Cavell, uh, Superman, was the only act, other actor who was in serious contention oh, for the role, right. um, but he was considered too young. Um, Sam Worthington and Douglas Scott were both considered, and others, including apparently Ewan McGregor, was considered at one point. Um, no. Yeah. No. Don't yeah, yeah, right. no. Got it. Peter so uh, obviously the role went to Daniel Craig in the end, and um, yeah. as Good his man. first in his first Bond role, uh, and it was quite a big controversy at the time because it was the first blonde Bond, and um, I say to remember there was actually like things like an, an online campaign to get him removed because he wasn't oh Bond enough. Oh my god! How uh, lame is that? And when you look back on him now, I think it's probably. Well, Apart from Sean Connery, he's probably the finest Bond, really. Yeah, he's a great Bond. Iconic, yeah. Um, the film was directed by Martin Campbell, who had previously done a Bond film in Goldeneye, which is probably, to my mind, the best of the Pierce Brosnan ones. And I'd agree with that. He'd also directed um, the Zorro movies with Antonio Banderas. So he can oh, yeah. handle like an action movie pretty well. Yeah. Um, Good movies, yep. Box office wise, it, at the time, it was the highest grossing Bond movie of all time. It grossed over 600 million, um, which was then um, eclipsed by Skyfall, which broke a billion when that, when that one actually came out. Um, it won a, a BAFTA for Best Sound, but had eight different BAFTA nominations. Um, score wise, it was, um, it was, the score was by David Arnold. By that point, I think I'd done like five Bond movies, taken over from the the legend that was John Barry. Um, and the song was um, Chris Cornell, You Know My Name. Oh, 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 fabulous. Which was a great Bond theme, I thought, because it was actually kind of exciting and, and uh, like a real driving Bond theme compared to a lot of the others that kind of followed it. You know, we got into the Adele ones and stuff and it kind of all kind of flatlined yeah, for a bit. That would have been a gritty choice too as mm. well. You know, that's quite a left field choice. But yeah, yeah. Inspired. Uh, yes. Chris Cornell, epic voice. What a voice. It seemed that that was a shake-up, wasn't it? That was it. It was quite a transformative 
um, part of the franchise, right? So you've got Daniel yeah, Craig, a bit of an unknown, real action. And, and in terms of the way they, it's kind of gone from there, it's been high octane, less spy, more beat them up and, phys, you know, more physicality, I guess, to the... To yeah, the role, definitely. The and and I think a large part of it was they, they deliberately said, yeah, we've got to get back to actually doing these slugs for real and not just yeah. putting them in a computer. Oh, um, yeah. So when you because watch it started the, becoming... It was more realistic. High, high action. High. Yeah. And when you watch that... Uh, action, when right? you watch the scene at the beginning of that movie, which is on like a building site, when they end up kind of running along... He's chasing a guy who kind of does parkour, and they they end up running along like a crane. You know, Aye. they they did it. They didn't. You kind of hold back, you know. And I'm pretty sure Daniel Craig did quite a lot of that as well. Um, I seem to remember seeing an interview with him, and he said like, "This was my first day on set, and they've got me 180 feet up in the air running along a crane." You know? <laughs> good good baptism of fire there for what kind of followed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think it's a great Bond film. Um, it was definitely overdue to be kind of reset. And if you think about the story as well, you know, they took the story back as well. So it was basically about him earning his 007 license to kill. Mm. Um, and um, They actually had a story, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely helps. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can you have too much action in a movie? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Michael Bay. Stuff, <laughs> right, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, just any Michael Bay film, yeah. you know. Forget about having a, any kind of plot. We'll just yeah, you've got to you you got to have some sort of plot, right? You just yeah, and Helm started to lose it, it a little bit, you know. Yeah, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know yeah. my favorite? Do you know my favorite? Oh, sorry, mate. Go what ahead. was your favorite, Ian? I'm just going to say, but do you know my favorite thing about James Bond? I'm going to give you a live demo. My favourite thing about James Bond, I just happened to have my guitar on me, is this. Ready? Yeah. Go for it. That and is a what, chord, my friend. What is that chord? It's a James Bond chord. It's called the James Bond chord. Nice. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I don't know the name for it, but that's just an incredible chord. It looks rather hard to play. It's got like and a diminished. It has a diminished fifth in it. There you go. There you go. It's a diminished fifth. fifth chord. You would Thanks, be Martin. damn handy in a bloody pub quiz, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> you should have man knowledge. Should we start? Yeah. We should do a pub quiz. We should do that. Yeah. Just on that yeah. um, bond. Can we just on bond? Um, I. I remember hearing something not long ago because he's just signed off, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. He's just signed yeah. off. And I think they were saying that the Bond girl in the Daniel Craig series changed. They purposely kind of switched it up and made her more badass, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and more. And, and but I think they kind of tried to um, pull him back a bit and say, you know, um, less aggressive or less forward with women. Bit more reserved, and they've basically basically tried to bump up the woman, make them more badass into espionage and spies, and really, mm-hmm. and that was a conscious decision at the time. I, I seem to recall. Um, well, that was well overdue as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, absolutely. A sign of the times. Uh, again, the times. you know, it, got, yeah. it did get quite cringeworthy in those later ones as well. You know, yeah, yeah. Dr. Christmas. That's it. I yeah, I, I, yeah, like, I carry know. On, carry on, bold. God. It was like. 
Jeez. That's actually a great topic for a future podcast, especially around, well, not just movies, but albums or music, like music mm. from what music um, from, from yesteryear <laughs> would, would not be, and I can think there's some probably some um, Beach Boy songs, you know, the uh, uh, California oh, Girls, a lot of stuff like that, which you wouldn't get away with today, but, you know, they were a sign of the times. Neil Ron Young. Harris. I agree. I, I agree. Mm. Yeah, there is. Ralph Harris, all that stuff. Well, it looks like we are, are, are slightly going to be running out of time very soon for um, our second episode. So it's probably a, probably a good time to start wrapping up now. Um, well, should we just quickly, uh, should, we, should we try and think of a year for next week? Well, that's right. Yeah. Um, who's 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 got the year? Dave, you do you? Uh, Martin's done one, haven't you? Glenn's done one. I think it's your turn, I would like to go way, way, way back. Oh, crikey! How far? Way back? back. And I'm thinking the summer of love. Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. And I was oh, thinking yeah. 1800s. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> 67's not that far back. He's up, mate. 67. I think that was a, yeah, you had a lot of, a lot going on there. I think movies might be a bit interesting, but certainly albums. Yeah. Uh, yeah oh, I think there'll be some good movies in there, I reckon. Yeah. Well, that would be intriguing. Let's do that. All right. Excellent. 67. Let's so that one we've we've done 1986, 2006, breaking the sixth rule and going Dang. all the way back to 1967. Oh, no, there is a six in there. There's a six yeah. in there, yeah. Absolutely fabulous. Well, um, well I hope, I'll listeners, s- that you were able to maybe check out some new things that you haven't seen or likewise um, start you know, getting some memories back from 2006, if you were around back then. Um, yeah, so really looking forward to next week's. Um, and if you've got any sort of questions or something like that, you can certainly send them through to us. Uh, have we got something to send them through to us on? Yeah, they well, we have a, a Facebook page being set up at present, so you can check us out on Facebook oh. as well. Right. Yeah, Excellent. Nice. Well, David will have more on that next week. 